No matter where you are, what you're doing, when it is, somebody's watching you. Are you developing into the best leader you can be for your team and your life? This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And one of the things that we all struggle with at some level, at some time, in some way, is leadership. And today we're going to talk, take a deep dive into what do we mean by leadership? How do you develop? Why is it important? And I can't wait to get started. But before that, as always, I am one of your hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. You know, we had a great conversation not too long ago with Dr. Aaron Smiley about, about mentorship. And I think it's a really important aspect in the veterinary industry for us to continue to develop and grow. But outside of mentorship, which which is, you know, formal or informal, I kind of started thinking a little bit more about leadership. And the fact of the matter is, is at some point in time, no matter what role you play in the veterinary clinic or outside, someone is watching. Someone is always watching and you are developing and growing and influencing as a leader always. And there are so many different, you know, ways that we can be develop these skills and be better leaders. And and I kind of wanted to look at how we're doing it and how can we do it better? Let's start where you hinted at already. And that is the importance of recognizing this because when you're in clinics, when you're at the grocery store, when you're at the dog park, people are watching you. And it doesn't mean it's in a creepy stalker kind of way. It just means they're seeing how you carry yourself. How do you speak to your dog? How do you speak to your spouse or loved one? I mean, so Becky, these are the things that give signals to society, to the world, kind of what you're all about, right? Right, right. I mean, we're about visual cues, right? That's how we know how to proceed or how not to. It's, you know, how animals know to proceed or not to. We use visual cues when we are visual beings. And so we look at each other and we look at all of those different aspects. And then as we get to know or spend extended amounts of time, we continue that analysis. And through that and continued analysis, we start to develop, you know, behaviors or thoughts or opinions about that person. And we may want to take them one direction or we may want to run the other. <laughs> okay. So I, I guarantee you right now about 75 to 85% of the audience is going, yeah, okay. I'm going to fast forward this podcast because they're not talking to me. You know, they're talking to my boss, my manager, my direct report. And, and Becky, this is where don't stop the podcast because it is your responsibility, right? I mean, no matter who you are, you are a leader. So maybe expand on that. I, well, you know, it's so personal. I, I want to expand on it, but I guess I'm going to have to tell you to slow down and take a look around your life and to see who you could possibly be influencing. And honestly, you they may not even be visible to you in a way that you feel like you would even have that impact on them. And, you know, it's one of the good things I think about social media and one of the good things I think I feel about being in one of the more public spotlights and forums because people regularly tell me and give me feedback about how I influenced them or how I had a positive effect on them through something I said or did. In our day-to-day life, though, we don't get that kind of feedback on that regular of a basis. And so we almost have to look around and say, who around me could possibly be mimicking, watching? Who am I influencing? Who am I directly over? Or who am I creating some kind of impact in their life trying to shape how they do or, or what they do? Because these are people you're acting with as a leader. And, and that's a great, great point. Because here's the reality. We all 
somehow influence everyone around us. And Becky gave a great example, social media posting, right? So are your social media posts positive or do you pile on, right? Do you complain? You know, I mean, that is impacting the world around you. When you're at your clinic and let's say one of your veterinarians snaps at you, if you then turn to your colleague, your veterinary technician or assistant or whomever, and you go, golly, Moses, what? get a load of that, right? You're having an influence on them. And so what I always tell people is in every moment, you have a decision to make, a path to choose. You can choose positive or negative. And people say, no, 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 it's, it's, it's neutral, right? I, I just don't see it that way, Becky. Most of the, the interactions we have with other people are either going to push them in a forward, positive direction or perhaps hold them back and influence them negatively. Sure. And I mean, like, right, the amygdala hijack is a wonderful right. tool to develop. And, and it is one um, I, I work on on a daily basis, right? The ability to stop ourselves and say, I'm going to consciously act as I move forward here with my response or with my behavior. And there are going to be people who who watch or see otherwise. But I think the outside of it, you can just say at the end of the day, it isn't about me, you know, pointing a finger at or knowing exactly who I'm influencing. I'm going to live my life in a way in which anyone who comes across my path and decides to, you know, encounter me in any moment um, professionally or personally, they're going to see the best of me. And I'm going to try to be able to do the best I can by them. And that kind of brought me to the, you know, the thought of how are we how are we developing ourselves as leaders, especially if we don't necessarily know who's watching. And Becky, you have just given our audience the first leadership rule right now. And that is this awareness. Like, honestly, the whole point of this first three or four minutes of this podcast today is to say, hey, you should be acutely aware, conscious, if you will of your influence on the world around you. Because once you start to go through life saying, you know what, I can be a schmuck or I can be a hero. And I mean, those are two extremes, but hopefully you get what I'm trying to paint here. When you go through life saying that, you hopefully make more of the hero decisions. Because what I fear, Becky, is it's so easy. I mean, you know, the universe lives by a simple law called entropy. And that means all things are tending towards disorder, coldness, and nothingness, right? And so it takes a lot of energy, quite literally, to try to move forward, try to create heat and excitement and throw out creativity into the world. And so what I want people to take away from the first lesson of leadership is that you do have an influence on those around you, and that awareness should shape your behaviors. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I actually have this sort of... Um... Deadpool is my villain soulmate. And, and so I think you kind of can be a schmuck and a superhero because at the end of the day, right, we still got to do the right thing. But that's non-productive for this conversation, but a, a little known fact about me. But, the, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that um, you're absolutely right. And, and part of it is to you're going to give out energy no matter what. Right. right getting right. angry takes as much. Getting ugly takes as much. And and if not more energy than like tilting toward positive as you're, right. you know, right. trademarked for. Right. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. So so it's it's taking that standpoint and saying I will take control. I will have a presence. I will um do the best that I can. And in the moments that I don't do the best that I can, I'm going to take the time to do better because the thing about it is um, you can re retroactively be 
a, a, a positive leader. Right. Apologies are really, right. really hard. Yes. And when you screw up as a leader, it, consequently or not, in, in a, whether you're aware of your leadership or not, when you screw up and you do the right thing and you go back to someone and you say, I screwed up and I'm sorry, uh, other people see that. And, and the person you say that to sees that. So there is absolutely, it's never too late to as soon as you become aware that you have maybe had a negative influence in the world or whoever you interacted with to, to turn that around. Well, you know, and at the risk of people who have seen me lecture for many years, I'm going to just give you something I've said, I don't know, countless times. There are two, the two most powerful phrases in the English language, as far as I'm concerned, sound like this. The first we've already mentioned, I'm sorry, right? I mean, it's so powerful. When you make a mistake, you own it. You tell that person or persons and you say, hey, I'm really sorry. And you try to figure out how you can make it better. And at minimum, as Becky said, you try to learn from it so that the next time you avoid it. The second phrase, Becky, that I live by is I need. Because part of being a leader is being able to tell people what you need from them to set expectations so that you guys can truly collaborate. Too often in life, we go through expecting others to read our minds, right? So great leaders don't say, hey, Becky, you know, I can you help me with this project? What great leaders say is, Becky, I need from you this. I need you to help me with that. Becky, I need you to do this, right? Specifics saying I need, not just, hey, Becky, we need to grow our practice. We need to do more vaccinations of cats, right? You need to give people specific directions. So again, I'm getting a little off tangent, but again, I'm sorry. And I need try to employ those in your daily life starting now. Sure. I think they can, you can just encompass everything with working really hard on good, clear communication. Yes. So yes. I think, you know, leaders in general, again, there's a self-awareness, there's a presence to your behavior, and then there's a self-awareness and a presence to your communication. And so it is the ability to say clearly what, what it is specifically that you need, the outcome you're expecting, you know, and, and, and consequences in the most positive way and say, when this happens, here's what the result will be. Here's what the outcome will be. And having those really clear expectations. And again, that's in your personal and your professional life. It will set you up for success always. What does it look like on the front, middle and back end? So really good, clear communication, I think, is really essential to uh, developing your personal leadership skills on all levels. And looking at who you do communicate with throughout the day, how you communicate with them, and remembering that you know verbal communication is not the only thing that we need to be working on. Now, let's get real, because a lot of our listeners today are going, man, my boss sucks, right? They don't communicate for crap, right? You know, they don't give me specific directions. They never say, I'm sorry. They certainly wouldn't say, I need you to do this specifically. They just say, make it happen. And I'm supposed to somehow conjure up success. I don't even know what success looks like, right? So a lot of them... Uh, people listening today, Becky, I would argue are saying, yeah, not happen in my clinic. I'm going to now start to say, wait, you may have a role in this. Becky, help me out. You probably know where I'm headed with that. So I always think back to one of my favorite movies, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> it is it is always more important to be the neck than the head, right? Ah, uh, love, so love, yes. We need to turn the head where we need to go. And we, as especially as support staff, I feel like, or at least middle management or outside of leadership directly can be the neck and we can turn the head of whatever organization, household, or yep. what we're dealing with in the moment, whatever direction we want. And again, that comes back to that clear communication and clear expectations. And so while they may not provide it for you, you can absolutely get that information and say, I'm really excited. I super appreciate you giving me this project. 
Um, and I also appreciate how how you refuse to micromanage. Let me <laughs> right. ask you a few questions <laughs> so that I can make sure I meet all of your expectations and we get this project done in a timely manner. Now, like, great. That's really like fluffy talk. I get it. But you take that concept and you say, fine, I will get the information that I need since it hasn't been conveyed. If you can think on the back end, what would have made this successful? What do I need to be successful? If you aren't given it, you kind of have to step up and take it, ask for it. And that is yes. what you will make you a leader in that moment in your project, in your own ownership. Yep. I love that. Be the neck that turns the head. This is where if your boss, your manager, your whomever isn't giving you that clear communication, you demand it. You go say, okay, what I need from you. Hey, great. I want to improve our feline vaccination rates. Got it. I'm all over that. But here's what I need from you. First of all, you know, what's our budget? Is this a social media outreach? You know, are we doing this with our existing clients via email? Whatever. Right now you got to get into the particulars because I will tell you what lousy leaders do, Becky, is they say, you own it. You just make that happen. <laughs> I yeah, hate, I hate right. to hear that crap. You know? it's, it, it's to me, to me, it's like when instructors give group projects. Uh, sorry for the instructors out there in the world, <laughs> but I've been one. I know it's better to grade five projects than 30. I get it. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, is, is there is a difference between saying, I really want you to own this. Here's what the finished product looks like. I'm not too worried about how you get there. Let me know what I can give you to set you up for success. Let's talk through how you would feel empowered to do this, but not just dump it on me and walk right. away because it isn't what they would want. But having a positive reaction to that and putting it back in a positive way you know, is is great way to continue to get those projects and to be able to stay utilized and to be able to begin be continue to be challenged in your practice or in your, you know, employment, but also to help your management learn how to manage you. Because at the same time, what we find is is there are generations of lack of communication, right. lack of leadership or lack of uh, the soft skill development to be able to do so effectively within organizations. Yep. Okay. So you've got two really good tips here. One surrounds, you know, communication expectation, you know, the other is awareness, the influence that you have on the world around you. I mean, those are two really big things that there's a lot to unpack in what we said so far. So maybe rewind yeah. the podcast, but honestly, this is kind of how Becky and I live and, and we really, you know, it, it works out for us and we hope it'll help you in some way. Uh, now, Becky, let's, let's switch gears because I know a lot of our listeners are probably saying, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, I, I could probably communicate with my boss better. I could be the neck that turns the head. I get all that stuff. And I do have an influence on my, my peers, but here's what they're saying next is I, I'm not naturally like that. Like it sounds yeah. like you and Becky are just all bubbly people and you're just, but I'm not like that. Becky, how do they get like that? Or how can no, they no, learn? No. Bub, bub, bubbly? No bulldozery. <laughs> yes. And that is why it is so important to know how to be a good leader, because here's the thing. It is easily as you can be a wallflower or not feel like a leader or not think you're a leader. You might be like, I love leadership. I want to be a leader. I can't wait to lead everybody. And, and you have the best intentions, but you're out there without boundaries and you're out there without direction and you're out there not knowing what you you want to do, but have the best intentions. So it kind of falls on both spectrums. And so it is really important to kind of be able to scale that down. Now, I want to break a myth right now. I've tried this for my entire adult life, but I want to break it down right now. There's this old BS saying that goes like this. Well, we, we can't all be Indian chiefs. You know, somebody's got to be the Braves or whatever, right? So they're saying that you can't all be chiefs. And 
And, and what happens is if you go through life with that attitude, Becky, you will never be the chief. Like you say, well, you know, every time I try to be the chief, you know, the leader, uh, I'm squashed or moved to the side. Let me tell you right now, your team, there's five people, there's 50 people. Every one of them is a leader. Now we've given you some smaller examples, but let me tell you how you take it to the next level. Becky can be a leader of a certain project, initiative, a type of work that we do, right? So I do think there's 50 chiefs on my team. It is my job as the boss, if you will, as the person who has the vision, the guiding principles of the, the business. It's my business, let's say it is in this example. My job is to find out what Becky is chief of and then let her be the chief of that. And I do believe there's plenty of room, there's an abundance of opportunity within every clinic, no matter how big or small, that you should be finding those chiefs and say, Becky, you're in charge of this. You know, you're the chief of that. I mean, does that make sense to you? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, everybody likes a little bit of autonomy in their life, right? And they like to feel that they're making a positive contribution and that they're going to be able to use a little bit of creativity and to to bring some joy to the space that they're in all day, every day, and that they obviously care about because they're showing up and doing the best that they can by it. So 100%, I think it's essential to find ways to empower people all around you. And I think that sort of ties into that servant leadership concept. I think yes. we need to be looking at everyone around us as how can I help you be a better you, do better you. Um, and then that kind of can tri trickle down uh, from people around me that I can do better by and be better by helping other people do so. Right. So this whole belief of too many chefs in the kitchen, spoil the broth or what, whatever those crazy sayings are. What I think they do, Becky, is they risk creating a mindset amongst people that say, oh, well, if there's too many cooks in the kitchen and I can't be a cook, I've got to be the wait staff. Then do those people, it's hard for them to ever say, no, I want to be the cook. You know, that's, that's sure. where I think it's the danger. You create a sense a false sense of hierarchy through position right, labeling, right? right? right so right. it's, it, it creates a sense of what I do is the absolute most important thing. And this is the thing about it. You know, when I go in and I talk to clinics and we're trying to really break down some of these conversations and some of these ideas, like if I have dogs uh, falling apart in the kennel, I can't do my job as a veterinary technician. Right. If I don't have amazing assistants who are helping to, uh, you know, move the day along and to make sure they're facilitating in their role. If I'm not helping my veterinarian in the way that I'm supposed to help my veterinarian, we are all like not moving the way that we need to be moving. So we all play a very important role that that absolutely has different you know, um, hierarchies in the sense of decision making, but there is, is absolutely, it is important for everybody to be, you know, um, acknowledged and, um, rec recognized for yeah. their contribution on equal levels. Love this. Okay. So that was another really good leadership tip. I think, you know, and anybody can do this and you should recognize that we all have our unique strengths. You do your, you should be the chief of something in your life and you really should be the best chief that you can be or the cook or whatever, whatever term you want to use. Now, Becky, let's, let's now, uh, a lot of people are saying, okay, this all sounds fine. And yeah, I could probably work on this. And you're right. I should take ownership of some of the responsibility of being a leader in my clinic. I got it. Where do they start? Like, what are the things that you and I do to keep our fires burning? You know, the, where do we get inspiration? Yeah. I mean, first you have to like figure out where you are, where you're at. <laughs> right. So yeah. sorry to any English majors out there who are just crashed their vehicle <laughs> listening to that <laughs> sentence. But the fact of the matter is, is like, where do you like what do you have time for? How do you best learn? Right. So for me, um, I love audiobooks because I do a lot of driving and traveling 
and books are heavy and they take up a lot of space in my carry on. And if I can just throw something on my phone through a download, I can, you know, consume a lot of content over a couple hours while I'm traveling. There is just decades and decades and decades of knowledge. Um, You can look at all the stars and figure out (laughs) knowledge is the best knowledge. You can, um, you know, crowdsource the information. There's just so much to be done in terms of consuming, whether it's listening or reading um, or watching. There is no shortage in this day and age through technology. I love this. So lean into technology. Um, And I would say this, one of the things, the common denominators I found amongst other business leaders and entrepreneurs all around the globe is they read a lot. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, you can listen to audiobooks. That's fine. It's just, I'm not as good at listening as I am at reading, but most people read a lot. And, you know, I've, I've, I know we've talked about this on the podcast, but at any given time, I typically have a minimum of two different titles going on my Kindle or on my nightstand with my books. Okay. And I am trying to use more Kindle because I think it's more environmentally friendly. It's easier to travel. But anyway, I've got two books going at all times. And I'll mention, I've got two other things that I typically have rotating as well, but I rotate between two books at all times. One is a work of fiction and one is a work of nonfiction. And Becky, some nights, some days, I just want to read something to get lost. I'm reading Ted Ching's uh, new short stories. I mean, you know, so I just want to get lost. I want to hear amazing ideas, fantastical ideas about futures that I would never have conceived. I love that. But at the same time, I'm reading Scott Galloway's new book, The Algebra of Happiness, right? So that's like a, it's a self-help book, let's be honest. But, you know, it's about leadership and all this stuff. So I, I constantly rotate. Now, on the flip side is I usually also have two periodicals. Of course, I have JAVMA that usually I crack about five, you know, and then I'm asleep. But you you, you get the idea. And then I always read uh, magazines <laughs> oh. like Wired Magazine, you know, Rolling Stone. So again, I think what I'm trying to do, or at least paint a picture for you guys listening today, is I'm trying to please and satisfy and nourish two very different parts of my being. One is a creative, exploratory side that's fantastical and wants to always innovate and iterate. And the other part is really hard pragmatic. It's like, you know, what what are the things that can make me better today? So I would encourage you to adopt some kind of strategy like that. What do you do, Becky? Well, so I I will say this. As of this morning, I have, you know, um, met with my advisors. I am going to graduate next semester and then I'll be able to read things outside of management (laughs) and sociology, which will be fascinating and a whole new world for me uh, that I miss dearly. (laughs) So I currently just am. But but to be fair, in my degree studies, I read a lot about leadership, organizational management. So, uh, you know, the good thing about it is, is that I am getting a lot of that. Now, I do also always have something else going on. I am I am absolutely live, eat, sleep, breathe Brene Brown. I can't help it. She's absolutely amazing. (laughs) She has a new leadership book out, which is part of what actually got me thinking about this topic in the first place, because she really talks about, um, you know, boundaries in general uh, around vulnerability and leadership. And it really kind of brings together a lot of the the con conversations and the content that she's talked about in the past in that kind of more organizational leadership aspect. So I really like that. Um, and then, you know, I I got to shout out podcasts. I'm kind of a podcast junkie. Uh, and it, that is somewhere I actually do find myself uh, much like you. I have some that I listen to completely outside of um, 
personal growth that I right. just like to get lost in. And then there is so many great resources. Uh, there are so many interviews. There are so many inspirational people out there that, you know, um, utilizing these resources are an amazing way to learn and crowdsource from people who have been there, done that in so many ways. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out Brene Brown's Netflix special, it's like an hour oh long. It is. It, what is it called? The Courage or something like that. It, it's fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, if, so if you get Netflix, definitely put that on your list. It is well worth your hour or whatever. If not, I'll give you my password watch it <laughs> you can borrow mine it's that's so worth illegal it. activity we would never support that <laughs> netflix we totally don't know what she's talking about so anyway okay so so there are lots of resources i encourage you read 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 but then there yeah. is this other thing that i kind of want to back into and it kind of goes back to dr aaron smiley's thing and that is mentorship you really need to have a person in your life that you can call and say, yo, what's up? I need help. Have you dealt with this before? What do you think I should do? You need that person in your life. Can I just shout out like, um, and we are not endorsed, although like promo code, if they want to be better help, uh, you know, these, um, different online counseling resources that if you just don't have a person in your life, you know, obviously you don't want to ask advice from people that you, you know, right. don't want to be where they are. If you are feeling really alone and like, I want to, to ask these questions, but I really don't know who we are living in a day and age where you can access this kind of stuff more than ever. Go on That's LinkedIn true. and find some people who have a profile that looks like something you'd want to do and send them a message. I mean, again, professional resources. There are entire organizations and associations of people who volunteer to mentor and develop skills and to counsel people because they love what they do when they've done it for a long time. You have to go find this. It's not going to come to you. But if you put just a tiny, I mean, a drop of effort out there, there is an immense amount of resources that will appeal to your personal learning styles, your budget of times, and um and within your scope of ability. Yeah, and and I you know look, I'm an old school. I, I just think the power of interpersonal communication has so much potential to change who you are, to make you better, to get you through hard times. Like you know, there's there are people in my life that had I not had them to lean on, then my life would have been a lot harder. Right? I probably would have persevered and gotten through it, but they made it easier. Yeah, but the thing for me in this case, especially when we talk about like mentorship and leadership and influence is you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And until you have that exposure yeah. and it's like taking off a pair of sunglasses and you don't even realize you're wearing them. And so, you know, you may feel like you are doing OK where you're at in this moment and, and you know, or feel like you don't know really where to to move to to gain this knowledge. Or I mean, it is just continue moving forward and find it because the fact of the matter is, is there is something and someone out there that is going to show you a better way or an improved way. And, and more knowledge is only ever better. Yeah. And, and I got to give a huge shout out to my co-host here, Becky Mosser, RBT, because you have championed this concept better than anybody in the veterinary profession has ever done. And that is, you say, look, there are so many veterinary technicians, veterinarians out there that feel so utterly alone. They're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah. But there's that feeling of solitary confinement out there in the middle of Iowa or North Carolina or even California. Right. right. I mean, so you feel like only you are experiencing this. This is you're the first person and the only person to ever have this problem. Nobody. You're a failure. Right. I mean, all those things that creep into your mind and sabotage your self-worth. You're not alone. And this is why, you know, Becky, I really applaud your efforts because you're constantly telling people to connect, to interlink, to reach out. Like you're saying here, I don't care whatever your preferred platform is, 
you're not alone. And I will tell you, life is so much easier when you're going through it with somebody else, right? And obviously, you know, we, we get on the cliche of your, your spouse or loved one, but I'm actually extending that network. Like life is so much better when you've got this network of trusted confidants and people that push you to be better. And when you call them or you text them or whatever, you feel better. Like that's what I, that is what I treasure in life. Well, and no, first, I mean, obviously, thank you. I mean, just thank you. I appreciate that. And, and it is motivating for me and inspiring for me because I don't want people to feel like they don't have resources or access to, to that personal growth when they have the passion behind it. And then, you know, the other thing is, is just kind of remember, like we talked about with mentorship, there is no one in your life who can be your everything and you're right. always, you right. know, uh, I, I love my husband. I adore him, but I, I don't want to do everything the way that he would do things. I appreciate his input toward them. So when you have, you know, you know, hashtag squad goals, find people right. to be in your life that you can bounce things off of in the areas that are applicable to them. And it also helps kind of create that resiliency. It's not that every time you call that friend, you've got something you're asking of them and, you, and you're requiring work of them. And that that same thing goes for leadership. There are people who are going to be leaders in terms of their interactions with others. There's going to be people who are leaders in terms of their ability to set boundaries that you respect. There are going to be different ways that people do things differently that you admire about them and let them be that person in your life and and look to really build that pyramid. Right. And and what I've done building this pyramid, the squad, this network, I, I have live by one simple rule. And that's why I have like this constellation of people that are are my mentors, if you will. And that is I've, I've found people that are better at something than I am or ever dreamed I could be. So I've really sought out people who I thought had excellent personal communications, excellent investment, investment advice, right? I mean, these people were great practitioners, whatever it was in my life, I've sought out people that can make me better, right? Because I've also, I also worry sometimes, Becky, that if you get advice from somebody who isn't at that level, who can't make you better, you kind of commiserate, right? It's like, oh yeah, it sucks. Oh, we suck. Oh, everything sucks. So I do want you to always push yourself and try to find those people that you can somehow learn from. Does that make sense? I really do like that true mentor-mentee relationship. So the people in my life, you know, honestly, and you guys, some of you may be listening to this podcast, you know who you are, but you're better at me than something. Steve Curtin, you are better at me at managing large groups of people in a super positive way. Like you you're the master dude, right? And Steve Kotler, like, dude, you're, you're how you produce and write and stay creative. Like that's, these are people in my life that I've talked about on this show before, of course, but these are people that make me better. And I learn from my, yeah. Any, and, any and you are that person to somebody else. And, and so it's, it's just a chain of events as you continue to grow and look for those people to surround yourself with, you will find and bring other people on into your life who are looking at you the very much the same way. And I think that's the external obligation to continue to try to grow and do better. And part of that is just really for the sustainability of our profession. You know, we, we need to continue to grow. We need to hang in there together. We need more resiliency and, and we can build that you know, working together. Wow. Well, listen, we have covered a lot of territory in this podcast. Uh, We really want to hear from you. I mean, what are the things that you do to make yourself grow as a leader? How do you feel about being a leader within your clinic? Are people always watching you? Do you care? Does it matter? How do you make the world a little bit better? That's kind of what we want to hear from you. That's right. We want to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Vet Viewfinder, over on Twitter at Vet Viewfinder as well. 
You can find us on any of the platforms that you listen to podcasts. If you happen to listen uh, while Apple iTunes still exists, will you leave us some stars and some feedback so we can help spread the word and make sure we have more people out there who don't feel alone? Yeah, give us some stars. Like it is crazy, but Apple Podcast is like huge in the world and your stars mean so much to us because that's how we reach other veterinary professionals. So if you got a friend, tag them, hit them up. We want to hear from you. Until next time, as always, I am just a follower of Becky Mosser RVT. Bye. Bye. It's true. Yay. Lucky me. Are you good? Are you good? What do you think?